Hello and welcome back once again every week to the Dual Screens podcast. My name is Andy and you know I really love doing this show. It's it's very cathartic for me to come on the show and talk to a dev about the stuff they do to help bring the games we love to life and I owe a lot to this show to help keep me sane over the, over these last 3 or 4 years. So with that out of the way, this is, of course, the Dual Screens podcast, the world's number one indie dev interview show, probably. And joining me this week is Jack Bennett, the lead designer of Tales of Iron, an epic RPG adventure that features graphic and punishingly brutal combat between rats and frogs. Jack, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Hello, I'm doing good. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so I uh, I got the email about the game. I saw the trailer about the game. I played some of the game. And I have to ask you off the bat, how many frogs did you have to lick before this idea uh, came into your mind? <laughs> <laughs> no, no real frogs were harmed at the making of the Tales of Iron. <laughs> There was no frogs, Luke. No Mm -hmm. frogs. I I don't go that far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But no, the the actual game comes, the rats in it, all of the main rats are actually based on the director's pet rats. That's where it comes from. So So, that's a thing people do. They have pet rats. Well, he does. He had like six of them, seven of them. So yeah. Yeah, I had a friend, a close friend of mine who actually has like five or six pet rats. And I'm always like, as a native New Yorker, having rats as pets is like having a pigeon as a pet. You don't do that. <laughs> it's something you don't do. It's just not done. People, people in the UK have pet pigeons. They erase them and all sorts of crazy things. So to sort of follow off, follow up on that um, uh, frog-licking question and the primary thrust of this game being rats versus frogs, Frogger, an iconic video game frog, is he just trying to get across the road, or is he, or is he pure evil? What do you, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Frog is, Frog is crazy. You feel like after after trying a couple of times, you give up. The guy can swim. He must be able to swim around it. Surely the, ro- the road's not a good option for him. But um, I feel like Frogger's death is a little bit better than some of the frogs in Tales of Iron. Tales of Iron, they die pretty gruesome. So <laughs> I think they'd rather be run over by a car. That would make for a really good sci-fi original movie. <laughs> like someone did an adaptation of Frogger, but it's like super fucked up and and, and gory. <laughs> this giant mutant frog is trying to get across the street, <laughs> and they won't let him. Yeah. There's there's a remake, a reboot of the franchise for you. All right, let's dive into Tales of Iron. Uh, I gave a brief description about it on, on the in the intro, but why don't you tell us what this game is uh, from your own perspective? I would say the easiest way for me to describe it is Red Wall meets Dark Souls. I'd say that's the easy way in. It's the story of Reggie the Rat in this almost medieval kingdom. He becomes king, and then his kingdom is attacked and destroyed by the frogs. And it's him kind of rescuing his brothers, rebuilding his kingdom, and 
you know, prospering and bringing peace back to the world. But obviously that's all wrapped up in this really dark, brutal combat, really gory executions, and then lots of RPG mechanics on top of that, like upgrading your armors and weapons, crafting new weapons and armor. And it's got those classic, like, Souls-like things of, like, you can have the fat roll and you've got your different weapons have different types of attacks. So, uh, but one thing we kind of add into that is, like, I don't know if you've played, like, the newest God of War. They've got those, like, different mm-hmm. colored attacks. We've got that as well. Right. So it leads into this, like, really fluid cinematic combat, which is quite nice. Yeah, and it's got a really eye-catching uh, art style as well. I think that was the first thing that really drew me in was, like, this game looks stunning. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we're a really small team, so there's only two artists. One is the character designer and one's the environment artist. But the main thing with that is the environment artist is from the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that artwork's got those really, like, thick black lines around it and all the way around it. So that's kind of inspired by, like, Eastern European block printing. That's kind of where we get our style from. And then something that we do that not a lot, like most 2D games, when they make their levels, they'll make long layers that cover the full level and then they maybe do like three or four of those and they get a small amount of parallax but with us we like individually put place unique assets throughout the level so each level is made up of like a thousand assets that is each place to get every so everything has a parallax effect on it which gives it that intense like depth and movement in the scene which really brings it to life yeah it allows for a lot of the gruesome details in the depth to be really showcased and brought to life in ways you couldn't do before and i feel that's like the big catch is it's an amazing art style it's got really tight gameplay and it's so fun to watch rats and toads die (laughs) well yeah that's the thing like lots of people look at it and it looks like oh it is red wall it's like really cute oh yeah so adorable almost like a disney movie from the outside and then when they start playing they're like oh wow (laughs) i was not expecting like frog guts on the floor and frog heads coming off so yeah yeah it's like ratatouille but when they're done with the restaurant there's an invasion and then (laughs) they have to like melt down spoons to build armor (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it gets dark like there's there's one scene at the very start of the game like at the tournament which i i describe as our game of thrones moment because it goes mm, from like this mm-hmm. really happy joyous moment to suddenly just being like oh everyone's dead <laughs> this is really bad but yeah you know stuff. when i was playing it one of the first things that came in my mind this may actually kind of date me a little bit i was thinking about these are what the ancestors of the mice in voltron were doing back in the medieval times <laughs> So I don't know if you're familiar with Voltron, but there are these rats that always followed the princess around. They were always by her side and they're just like, you know, scrappy little mice that helped fight evil. (laughs) So I kind of imagine like they were the descendants of these rats in this ancient medieval kingdom. So um, since frog licking wasn't involved in the inception of this game, what where did this come from? Where did the idea of a game about rats versus frogs so like the, the, the ma- materialize like, from? Like, like I was saying, the main thing was like the pet rats. That's what got us into the mm-hmm. rats. And then the frogs came from, we wanted this medieval world that kind of had all of those like fantasy tropes. So we wanted like this goblin character and obviously frogs kind of lead into that image straight away. But in terms of the story, like it's basically this story of Reggie overcoming the odds and rebuilding his kingdom to what it used to be and for us that 
directly represented where we was as a studio at the time because after our first game came out it, I mean it was a VR game so there wasn't a lot of sales we didn't really have we didn't have towels of iron ready to go so we was in a position where like we was out of money we had to all get like another job to fund our studio whilst we were making the demo so we was kind of at that point where we was fighting against the odds and trying to overcome the evil of capitalism you some could say <laughs> to uh, get back to where we was so yeah it's kind of a metaphor for where we was at the time uh describe for us what the sort of core gameplay loop looks like in uh in tales of iron so i would say it's that traditional rpg so like you are following this story of reggie fighting against the frog so you'll be going out doing quests fighting frogs Whilst doing that, you're collecting resources that you can purchase stuff from the shop. You're finding blueprints. You're finding ingredients. You bring them back to your keep. There you're like upgrading your armors. You're crafting food to increase your overall health. And then the money that you earn by completing quests and completing side quests, you can then start upgrading your keep uh, and bringing it back to what it used to be like. So you're kind of in this loop of doing quests, earning money, and upgrading your settlement, basically. I mean, you would think that this would be a no contest because I think rats would just outnumber the frogs. <laughs> and I had just finished playing uh, a Plague Tale not too long ago. Amazing game all about rats. It's like Last of Us with rats. Yeah. And I'm trying to imagine a scenario where frogs would in any way outnumber or, you know, <laughs> outstrength like a, a massive, massive pile of rats <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's it though maybe there's just so many rats there's like all sorts of inbreeding going on they're not the strongest of rats the frogs <laughs> the frogs have had time to build a strong army have you have you seen the suicide squad film that just came out recently i'm a big dc fan but i'm not a fan of the dc movies okay i would encourage you to watch that film there is a uh, a lady that can control rats <laughs> and suffice it to say if you watch to the end you'll wonder how could a frog could ever <laughs> defeat a rat but uh i digress um i want you now this is again the game looks amazing it plays amazing it has a lot of heart soul blood and guts but there's one thing on the bullet points on those on those sweet sweet PR bullet points that really kind of I was like this can't be real. There's no way this is a thing that's happening in this game. This is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to tell our audience who is the narrator for your game. Okay, so the narrator <laughs> is Doug Cockle, who is better known as Geralt of Rivia. And yes, we was equally as surprised that he wanted to work with our tiny little indie studio, but he did, and it's amazing. How, what, okay, so you said he wanted to work with you. Did he, what was that like? Did you, how do you pitch a game to Doug Cockle? Like, Doug, listen, it's going to be yeah. rats and frogs, and we want you to like just spin the story with your sweet, sweet dulcet tunes. Exactly. So that was the thing, like, we was talking about having a narrator because the whole game is basically told to you through speech bubbles that have pictures in it. Mm. And then we wanted a narrator over the top to kind of explain in broader detail what's going on. So, like, we was like, who, who could we have? Like, what sort of voice do we want? And we was all, like, instantly, like, 
we'd really like Doug Cockle. We, like, he's obviously massive and his voice is perfect. Like as soon as you hear his voice, you know you're in for like a dark, gruesome adventure. He fits the game perfectly. But we're just like, he's not going to, we're like a six man studio. He's not going to want to work with us. But we spoke to United Label, the publisher, and they, he was, they was like, leave it to us. It's fine. And they took, they took the game to him, showed him the game. And he was like, yeah, sweet. I want to be involved. This is good. And we, he was on and we was like, oh my God, this is happening. What is that feeling like for you when you think someone that has such star power in the gaming industry, the voice of a series that has been played by millions of gamers that went on to spawn a Netflix series with equal fame and is now even more of a household name than it was when the books were around years before all this started. This voice of a game series is like, Yes, you six-person team. <laughs> I am on board for your cute rat frog game. <laughs> I like it's just wild. Like it's, I keep saying, it's like a career highlight. Basically, it's just you just don't expect it to be able to happen. But the, the thing on top of that is like he's just he is just so lovely. Like when when you're in recording sessions with him, he's not. I'm. Geralt Rivia, I know what I'm doing. He's fully up for cooperating and working with you. He's just, yeah, he's really nice. And like, he's such a professional. He just smashed through the lines, get it right first time. And then we're just sat there chatting to him and talking about, like, so what was that? What was it like recording that scene with the unicorn and Jennifer? How was that? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> he, yeah, it's really, really cool. What does that do for the team when you see someone like that come on board? Does it add like a little bit of pressure? Like, okay now it's like real yeah well, that was the mad the mad thing was like before we started making towers of iron we we all played the witcher 3 mm-hmm. we all got it like we love it we love the witch series but we all played it and it was just like wow this is amazing Geralt's an absolute badass so then to have him in the game it's like it just gives it that almost like a seal of approval like it just makes it feel like it's a real big title you know it makes it feel like it's a, a real game <laughs> right plus he gets to see what a game is like with tighter gameplay controls <laughs> i didn't say that i like the witch <laughs> yeah i mean i do too but you know, just i'm just saying stuff <laughs> um speaking of the gameplay um let's walk a bit through that so you mentioned dark souls inspiration um how do, how do you plan a game like this when you take a Dark Souls formula, which is typically a 3D third-person perspective, and put it onto a 2D plane. Yeah. How do you how do you accommodate for that perspective change when making a Dark Souls-like game? So initially, we had we went full in and was like, we're going to have a stamina bar. So mm-hmm. first of all, we had a stamina bar in the top left corner, and we just noticed that rather than watching the game, because we wanted the combat to be your main focus, obviously. But we noticed that people were just watching the UI. They were just watching this yellow bar and being like, I can do a dodge roll now. I can do an attack. And that's not what we wanted because we've got these different color attacks that you've got to respond to. We wanted people focused on the enemy. We wanted people to understand how that enemy is going to attack you, respond to that appropriately, and really enjoy that gory finisher. So by removing that stamina bar, it allowed people to focus on the enemy and they're more willing to take the risk because they're not like worried, oh, I haven't got the stamina to do a dodge run, I haven't got the stamina to do parry. 
they're more willing to be I could maybe I'll sneak an attack in here or maybe I'll try and dodge through this attack which leads into those more tense moments that are souls like in feeling Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how we replicated that souls feel in 2d was to create those tense engagements without the restrictions of because obviously in 3d you've got so much more movement that the stamina makes sense for you to be able to dodge around that character so we brought that intensity back by removing the stamina bar did you look to games like Salt and Sanctuary or Death's Gambit or Blasphemy and see how they handle a similar like approach to a 2D Dark Souls game? Yeah, like Salt and Sanctuary and obviously Hollow Knight, they were mm-hmm. inspirations for us. But I think with them, our main difference is that we're more story-based. So we still have this story that runs through the whole game and it introduces you to the world and the characters and you're completing these quests. Whereas with Dark Souls and Hollow Knight, it's more about like, just exploring and just completing bosses basically so they were sort of inspirations for us but we have taken it in like a quite a different angle it's amazing how enduring this genre has become since we first saw demon souls so so long ago and i feel like i'm i'm not i'm not yet tired of it when i see something that has a dark souls like descriptor it's right there with like a roguelike game. My eyes kind of light up. Yeah. Because I kind of know what I'm getting into, but then I don't, which is why <laughs> a game like this excites me. Yeah. So I think it's just got that. I mean, with any dark thought, you know, you're going to get those intense moments. You know, you're going to get challenged and you're going to die. But you know, at the same time, when you overcome that challenge, you're going to have such a rewarding feeling unlike most other games that i think that's what draws people in and why this genre if it is a genre is still going and again one of the the key features of a dark souls like game is of course a difficulty yeah a steep learning curve that is there to make you feel a certain way where failure is part of the package yeah and then that euphoria when you beat a boss for the first time after losing 10 or 15 times beforehand, how do you approach difficulty in Tales of Iron? When you're making a boss, for example, and you're thinking this isn't hard enough for what a Dark Souls game should be, or is this now too hard? How do you find that balance when designing like a big set piece boss fight moment? So our main way of doing it was that all of our bosses have like a story-based character that we want them to show. So, and for example, we've got Sir Lance a lot. He's one of the first frogs you fight. And he's got this Lance that you've got to parry. So we knew we were going to have these parry attacks that we wanted you to deal with. But in order to balance that out, to make it harder, we were putting in these mobs. So we've always kind of focused on what the story is and how that should affect your their combat and then balance that out based on their position in the game but then the way that we can make that difficult is based on where save benches are in comparison to that boss where your healing barrels are in comparison to that boss so the enemy is almost harder dependent on its situation as well as its actual attacks if that makes sense so uh, but at the same time Balancing is one of those things where for you, it might be super easy. And for me, it's super hard. So I think we've tried to hit a good medium in which people, because again, we've still got that story that runs through the game that we want people to enjoy. So we've uh, 
tried to make a good medium in which people are going to still be able to complete the game, but they're still going to get that difficulty curve that is Souls-like. Now, did you mention that the name was Sir Lancelot, the character's <laughs> name? <laughs> so, you know, and this is a rat, I assume? No, it's a frog. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, if it was a rat, I would have called him Fur Lancelot. <laughs> and then I, I, I wanted to go into a little tangent. How do you, do you embrace pun, pun like names in a game like this? Do you go full, do you go full on with it? Or is it like, we can't call that guy like Sir Krokenstein. Like it just, <laughs> it's so on the nose. <laughs> there, there, there is all sorts of puns throughout the, throughout the game. There's, there's a, there's a back, uh, a, boss a rat boss called ratner rodenson as well oh. who's <laughs> sort of viking inspired so yeah there is a there's a lot of puns in there we don't shy away from that yeah if you do like a dlc like just take it in asgard and call it like ratner rock <laughs> yeah. it writes that. itself yeah. <laughs> you know given again this game's it's such a silly premise but it, it has so much heart to it what what kind of ideas don't make it in to a I mean, game like w- like when you're sitting there with your small team it's like the beauty is being a small team it's like anything goes in yeah. a sense it's it's very few hands in the pot everyone gets heard yeah. and more than likely it gets into the game what has been like oh, we can't we can't put that in there it's just too insane <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything that's too insane i think like you say we're a small team and we want the game to be of like a really high polish level mm-hmm. i think the main issue is just having the time to implement it to that level so i wouldn't say there's nothing we would do but there is things that have got cut because we just didn't have the time to implement them to the level we wanted like one of the <laughs> one of the bosses that got cut another pun he was they were an enemy called boggy smalls and it was a <laughs> it was a big frog with a little frog on his back so the big uh-huh. frog would jump around and the little frog would throw spears at you but we just didn't have enough time to get this like double ai working together at the same time and we wanted you to be able to kill one and then the other one fight you so we just didn't have time to get that working but maybe in the future how i'm trying to because i'm envisioning now like that character with you know the little frog and the spear throwing what does this look like from let's say a human passerby or like let's say a, a person stumbled across rats and frogs with full blown out medieval gear fighting yeah. I think a human cam has to be an option at some point <laughs> well, the, the fact that you say that is like I've just stopped talking to my friends about my job because I sound insane <laughs> Like, like when I say like, oh yeah, today I was implementing a boss of two frogs that fight a tiny medieval rat warrior. It's just I sound mental, so I just don't tell them anymore. Like, oh, Jack's on those really good crazy pills today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just it's too much. <laughs> What's been the most surprising thing you've learned about game development in this whole process when putting this? I want to say a game of the year contender together because i feel like this it just it's so damn good yeah um the craziest thing that i learned about game development i feel like that we kind of learned it with the first game but not to the same extent is that a small team can produce quite a lot of work and because i mean we've got like 10 11 hours of story and then 14 hours of full game so a small team of six can produce a lot of 
content of a high quality in a fairly small time. So I think that's like the, the thing when I look at the game, like, wow, we actually did that. And then on top of that, there was like, and you can make games whilst the world's destroying itself. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another thing, I guess, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, what's that been like for you guys? Do you, was this game sort of, uh, was it in the process before COVID hit or was this thing that happened so in the midst of the pandemic? The, I mean, I'm a game developer that's complaining about working from home, but I mean, <laughs> it's not really the worst of situations with people right. in the pandemic. I'll say that first of all. But the thing that really got us was like, we, as I was saying, like we was super messed up after the first game and then we, we got a publisher and we was like, right, we can have an office again. We can all work together. We had an office for a year and it was amazing. We was all working and collaborating together. We signed the contract for the office for the, the second year in in January like 2020 and then in February 2020 it was like here's a pandemic and you've just signed an office for a year and we're not going to let you out of that so basically we had to pay for an office for a year that we just couldn't use oh no yeah which was I mean as an indie dev that's just like brutal yeah I think the good thing about it is that we've now got to the point where like using discord and zoom Mm -hmm. and all of that sort of thing, we can work from home and we can produce. I mean, the hardest bit of game development is the end of game development. Mm-hmm. And we did that working remotely. So I think it's just proven to us that we can do this and save that money on the office. It's just, right. I don't, I don't see humans anymore. <laughs> you know, there, there were fates to suffer in this world, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, listen, when I keep getting these emails about virtual events, I'm always like, I can watch someone do a demo of a game from my bedroom <laughs> while I pretend that I'm wearing pants and they have no idea that I am. <laughs> sign no. me the fuck up like <laughs> like I mean I'm I'm here <laughs> complaining about a pandemic when there's literally been nurses and doctors working like 24 7 so. right never <laughs> stop working and I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm just like oh we're doing an in-person PAX West this year but can <laughs> I still can I, can I still go but like do it from the toilet (laughs) like i did last time (laughs) and on that note what's it been like actually getting this game in front of people to actually see because on the promotion again having large in-person convention is a huge factor and now that's been taken away from so many indie devs over the last year and a half so how do you spread the word about this game besides having the voice of you know (laughs) huge mega hit triple a game (laughs) Well, like we've been going to, like you say, the digital event. So we Mm. we showed our first proper trailer at E3. We just showed a trailer tonight at uh, Gamescom. So Mm -hmm. we've been showing trailers there. And then obviously obviously United Label are owned by CI Games. So CI Games obviously have quite a lot of connection through the Sniper Games. So they were able to get people in. So the last two weeks we've been doing like press previews. So which is quite nice. You don't have the sort of craziness of events where people don't know where they're going they don't know what's going on it kind of removes that and I can just talk to a person one-to-one without that Mm. sort of pressure so that was quite nice so I think that's the main way and then I mean obviously Twitter but that's right that can be like a dumpster fire at the same time so it's just like (laughs) yeah there's always days where I'm like I should tweet more than I'm like I shouldn't tweet at all anymore (laughs) Like, I don't even know. I can't sit through all this garbage. <laughs> well, <laughs> so much it's noise. That, 
it's that and there's just so many games like, right. there's just so many great games coming out that mm-hmm. it's just like trying to get in there and see get people to like focus on yours for more than a second mm-hmm. and then like all of the big games radar and games spot and ign i've got triple a's to be covering so it's like mm-hmm. it's just hitting the right moment at the right time i think is that is the hard bit mm-hmm. what uh what excites you the most about game development as you now enter this new generation of we got the ps5 out the series x we have now the steam deck is a thing mm-hmm. and we have the oled switch which is whatever that is <laughs> <laughs> nice screen but, but yeah yeah it's such a nice <laughs> screen but when you look at the new tech how how does that influence you in your current game design philosophy I, i'm really i mean we've done a little bit of the adaptive triggers with mm-hmm. tales of iron but i think that's just going to be amazing in the future like mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to properly getting a hold of that and being able to do stuff with that because it's just another it just makes you feel more attached to the game doesn't it? it makes you feel more like you're actually in there it makes the impacts feel real and then just the the rumble the hd rumble just like mm-hmm. have feeling the rain in the world and feeling the wind and that will be just it just immerses you so much more and i'm looking forward to that but i mean from i mean from game development as a whole as an indie dev it's just that idea of we're in control. Nobody's telling us what to make. <laughs> we, can, we can make whatever we want. We can make a game about rats fighting frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever imagine as a young kid that you'd be here one day talking about a game about rats versus frogs? And it's, I mean, it's not only not totally insane, but it's likely the best thing ever. <laughs> I'm from a very working class background. Like my dad cleans windows for a living. I'm the mm. first person in my family to go to university. So I very much feel like I should have been in like a building site somewhere or delivering mail. So being here sat behind a desk making video games is just like, wow, I don't have to go outside in the harsh weather and do real jobs. I can just make a game. <laughs> So that's the bit that hits me sometimes. Like, wow, this is actually my job. <laughs> so the game is very close to releasing. Yeah, We're like less than a month out. We're closing in. How do you feel? Scared. That <laughs> 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 no, I am super excited. Like, it's the best thing we've made ever. So I'm just super happy to have it out. It's out on all platforms, which is like insane i mean i'm happy to have it on every platform but as a kid i had a nintendo so it being on the switch for me is just like another level of like wow (laughs) as a kid i was playing the snares and now i'm here with my game on a switch this is wild so if i'm pretty excited for that i'm excited to see people trying to do like no death runs excited for people there's like parts in the game where I mean, like we say, and like saying rats versus frogs is insanity, but there's bits sure. against more insane. So <laughs> there's, there's other civilizations in there that I don't think people are going to be expecting. So oh when they God. see that, it's going to be like, wow. So I'm looking forward to people seeing that. Yeah. Well, it does sort of prepare you. Like when you have the core premise off the bat of rats versus frogs, it's like, it's all bets are off scenario. <laughs> and it's like, how could a game like this possibly surprise me? And- <laughs> here we are and 
I, I really can't wait to play this game in a couple of weeks. But to go back to what you said before, it must be so satisfying as knowing you were at, at one point in your life a young gamer playing Nintendo and Super Nintendo games, and now you're a part of that library of Nintendo Switch games. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a little unreal. Well, so like the the really weird thing about it was like as a kid, I had like some issue with my hip. So like for like a, a, almost like a year of my life, I had both my legs in plaster at the same time. Oh my so, god! So like when other kids were out like playing football and like learning to ride bikes, I was there playing Super Mario sixty four and like Banjo Kazooie and stuff. So now I'm making a two D platform where it's kind of like it's just come full circle it's like this is why this is why it paid off this is why i was sat there playing games i was meant to do this it's destiny so it's quite nice well we'll get to that later because that's like <laughs> that's like rapid fire territory of like, <laughs> dumb ways you've injured yourself or why you shouldn't be alive anymore and i feel like having both your legs in plasters there's a there's a story there there's a story there so before we dive into uh into that segment um a few more things uh share with us something about this game that no one knows yet a little funny development story really quickly okay so i so like a funny little story that i've got is like right. we did a video with unity the, the the engine that we used to make the game about like how we use their lighting system and how we build our levels and the art director did some voiceover over the top of it and uh, he's, like I said earlier, he's from the Czech Republic, so he's got a slight accent. And one of the things he says in it is our lead coder, Matt. But lots of people heard that as our late, our late coder, Matt. So suddenly in, in the comments was like, rest in peace, Matt Taylor, rest in peace, Matt Taylor. <laughs> and like Matt's comment on it, like, I'm not dead. <laughs> so like, but then it started spreading and it spread to Reddit. And then people on Reddit started commenting on our stuff, like rest in peace, Matt Taylor. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wait, we could use this. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not dead he's alive we finished the game <laughs> we'll play the sympathy card that's how we do it <laughs> so that God. was like a, a really unexpected moment like because we watched the video before we released it and none of us heard that so when it came out and people were hearing that it was really really quite funny i mean in that scenario do you wait for a couple of mini muffin uh <laughs> boxes to show by your front door like condolences <laughs> like all right well he's here but we like the muffins so let let a few more come in and i'm like oh he's 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 not dead he's very much alive it was just quite funny to see the fred like rest in peace matt taylor and then matt taylor coming on it i think he put like <laughs> never give up always believe as like the, as the comment on, on the video <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite funny oh my god could you imagine that reaching his family in some way before <laughs> before it clicked on your on your guys's end we should have just put in memory of at the beginning of all of our trailers <laughs> like a picture of, like a black and white picture of it uh in the arms of an angel <laughs> um all right i think that is a great way to segue into rapid fire and there are some things we ask as the first question at the onset here but 
I gotta know why were both your legs in plaster? What what, what did you do to yourself? It's not even that exciting. Like for some <laughs> reason, it's, I didn't even hurt myself. It was just like I grew up, and for some reason, my my hip didn't grow properly, so mm. I had like a weird limp. And the apparently the only way to fix this, according to oh doctors is to put both your legs in plaster but then also they put like a bar between your legs so uh-huh. you're constantly like yeah basically your legs are like a capital a so that was just my life for like a oh year. my god <laughs> and like one of my memories from it is like at the time obviously i got chicken pox so that wasn't fun as well oh, no. <laughs> like having both your legs in plaster and my again i was saying about my dad being like very working class Whenever I needed to go upstairs, he would just pick me up by the bar in between my legs and just carry me like, just like that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was a fun story. You see, I I I am glad I asked because my first vision was like a like a caterpillar kind of thing. Like just your legs were like just conjoined, like <laughs> no. just one big plaster, <laughs> like a mermaid. And you're just like you know flopping around. <laughs> All right. Um, you sound like someone who spent a lot of time playing some really iconic games. You mentioned Banjo-Kazooie for one. So I want you to think long and hard about your entire body of video game playing history, games you've, you've enjoyed throughout your entire life. What one game would you pick that you would like to relive as in you would wipe your entire memory of that game from your mind and play it for the first time all over again i would i'd probably say pokemon silver wow surely, okay surely for the moment where you complete the johto region and then they're mm. like here's a train ticket jump on here and go back to Kanto. Mm. Uh, that moment as like a 12-year-old kid or 10-year-old kid, however it was, just like blew my mind. Like, there's two games in this? There's two whole <laughs> games in this game? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? And like, I don't know what it was. Like, just obviously get, I was of that age where you just get, everyone got caught up in like Pokemania. Like, it was just wild. I had the cards, I had the toys, I had everything. So being able to play that game and make your own team and battle your friends at school it was just like wow this yeah that or ocarina of time oh man that's that's a good choice too (laughs) but ocarina of time just because it was like my first proper rpg where you get into Mm. it and you're like wow like this isn't an actual world for me to explore that that's actually insane so yeah one of those two yeah i've been replaying uh the entire metal gear solid catalog and it's amazing when knowing all the plot twists, all the cutscenes, all the dialogue, it's all in my brain somewhere. And watching it unfold for like the 20th time, it still gets gets to you a little bit. <laughs> but like, I really thought like, imagine if I had no idea what was going on. Like, these are just all fresh to me. Yeah. What a feeling. I, I, wish, I wish it was possible. Yeah. <laughs> um... Would you rather have an exact clone of yourself or one million dollars? One million dollars. Mm. I I make never have to worry about getting funding for a video game again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can make all the games I ever want to make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
feel like the clone would just be making games next to me and I've got to find a wage for it. <laughs> I always fear that if I had a clone, they would just turn on me because I would just use them <laughs> to do the shit I didn't want to do. <laughs> I mean, how do you know they're not going to make you do the shit you don't want to do? It would not be a fair deal. It would be like, listen, you get none of the fun. You're just here to work. Well, surely if it's your clone as well, you'd just be stuck in an area right. Nobody and can no, the th- there'd be just too lazy me in the world because <laughs> I wouldn't want to fight him. <laughs> I don't want that going on. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> um, what do you think you get the most compliments about aside from your mighty beard? You stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, most compliments. I don't know. I don't know. I've got the weird British thing of like not being mm. able to accept a compliment. I don't. Mm. I, mm. It's, if you give me a compliment, it's always followed by something negative or me being like, really? <laughs> I don't, so I think if I've ever got a compliment, it's kind of just been wiped from my my mind. So right, because <laughs> <laughs> it's like that can't be true. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, whatever. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. What is something that you are terrible at that you wish you could do better? Spelling. I'm terrible. Oh wow, yeah, that's a good one. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a really good answer. <laughs> it really annoys me though with spelling because, like, you know what I was trying to say. Right. I, yeah, you can tell what the word is. Come on, right. you know what I'm saying. Like, right. just because the the A and the E are the wrong way around, like, give me a break. There's worse things going on in the world than this spelling's wrong. It makes yeah. me wonder how do we do tests nowadays in school? Do we have computers at the desks? Because like, <laughs> I'm I'm getting a flashback to like I would write essays yeah. for for tests in school, yeah. and now I'm like, I have to spell check the most basic ass word. <laughs> in, 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 yeah, in, in, in an email like how do you spell accommodate is it like four c's or five m's <laughs> like i've been having this argument with one of the coders because i'm writing the story for another game and i like to write everything by hand mm. because when i when i'm writing on a pc as soon as that red line comes up underneath it i'm like i need to fix it i need to check and fix it what why have i spelt that wrong but when i'm writing by hand i can just mm-hmm. like reel it off i'm not worried about the spelling and it's a lot more free-flowing so my coder thinks i'm crazy for doing that because mm. uh, computers are better but i tell him he's wrong you know i think you just gave birth to a brand new rapid fire question here jack <laughs> Imagine someone, a random person on this entire planet, was handed a piece of paper with your handwriting on it. What would they think of the person who wrote that note? Would they think, oh, look at that, a five-year-old wrote this, or this is a serial killer handwriting? Well, my, my handwriting is neat, but mm-hmm. I write in very bold black letters, and they're all capital letters. So oh they probably think they probably very think, aggressive. Yeah, very <laughs> aggressive and angry. Stop yelling at me. Yes. <laughs> Stick it down a notch. Yeah, exactly. Not that intense. <laughs> would you <laughs> would you rather have the power of flight or invisibility? Flight. Mm. Flight I can go anywhere and do anything. Mm-hmm. Invisibility is just like that's, it's almost creepy, isn't it? A little bit invisibility. People always say that. It's a little I, bit. Creepy. I always, I always try to defend because I think I'd pick the latter. Uh, how's and it going to help? Not, you? 
I mean, I have a lot of fun. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I could have, I could have non-creepy fun. All right? <laughs> I mean, I guess you could get into somewhere late at night. I guess that, like you know, like I would, I would just patrol the streets and just fuck with people who are assholes to other people. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, but if you can See? fly, you could be like, right, I'm off to Jamaica today. I'm gonna just chill out for a while. Again. I'm off the- the top of Mount Everest. I don't have to climb up. See you later. I, I can't even go for a walk in the park to shed a few pounds, Jack. I'm not gonna fly. <laughs> fly want to fly anywhere. Yeah, but I, I'm thinking it's like Superman <laughs> flight. I don't have to like flap my arms like wings. I'm thinking it's. it's I just feel fly. like there's a learning curve. Like you know, <laughs> I have to learn to fly. You have to get good at it. When it's just bam, no one sees me. It's just it's all the work is done. <laughs> uh, well, I've, I hope you don't have, you don't have to learn how to go invisible when you're just walking around as an invisible. Oh, person. and like first, first like the skin goes invisible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh God, I don't want that. I just got a really bad visual. <laughs> then again, that'd make for a cool movie. <laughs> Mouth invisible skin. Um, <laughs> is it okay to sleep with socks on? It depends how cold it is. If it's cold, mm. if it's cold, then yes, I'll give you socks. But mm. I'm a particularly hairy man, so I'm mm. normally very warm. So no, I don't. I wear know. Socks. I know the. <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah. I am rife with Greek genes, <laughs> Spart- Spartan blood. I have no warrior instinct. But I can grow hair. No one's business. <laughs> exactly so in that case wearing socks if you're a hairy man then no socks if it's cold and you're anything else then yes you can have socks believe it or not this is an actual question on my list and I don't ask it often but this seems appropriate and I may know the answer but here it is are rats cute yeah I well (laughs) that's prefixed by if they're a pet rat if it's one of your New York street rats then I would imagine probably not very cute Mm. But a pet rat can be quite cute. They're really smart. So, yeah, they can be cute. Now the rats here steal your pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll probably hold you a knife point or something. Good they do. I actually have a, a, a miniature schnauzer, and those dogs were bred to hunt and kill rats. <laughs> and when we go for our nightly walks and he, and he sees one, like these like big fat juicy ones <laughs> and he's, he's like a 20 pound dog and it, it takes all of my might to like fight back <laughs> his like genetic instinct <laughs> and evolution <laughs> <laughs> but yeah new york rats not so cute but uh, i think <laughs> like showbread rats those could possibly yeah nice um is cereal a soup <laughs> no no, not at all. It's too sweet. I don't think you get sweet soups. Mm. I don't think I, I think right. soup, soup. Ooh, see, that is a smart answer because people always go for the cold aspect. Like, yeah. could a soup be cold? And yeah, you have gazpacho as a cold soup, but it's yeah. not, it's not sweet. No, I it's, still, it's, still a, it's still a savory soup, even though it's yeah. cold. Um, see, I like the way your mind works, Jack. That's what. <laughs> Um, would you rather invent something new or discover something new? I mean, I'd probably say invent. I mean, that's probably a bit like 
one in the <laughs> one in the spotlight on me like look what i've made <laughs> but i think if you've invented something it's probably involved other people helping you and you're working mm-hmm. together right and if you've invented something you're probably going to be helping other people as well mm-hmm. whereas if you discover something you're probably just going to put it in a museum and people look at it so i would imagine inventing something okay all righty um, what is the most ridiculous thing someone has tricked you into doing? Making video games. <laughs> <laughs> I spent two years of my life making oh games. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna make for one fine eulogy one day, John. <laughs> yeah. I spent the last two years making a game about rats and frogs. That's <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> is there like a moment in the game where like a rat's about to die? Like, let's say it's a big boulder and they're just like, oh, rats. Like, is that ever? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, don't, they don't speak in English, unfortunately. So right. We couldn't get that sort of pun in, but there are, I mean, they do die in gruesome ways. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who is your favorite cartoon character? Probably Rick. At, at the moment, I'd say Rick from Rick and Morty. Oh so, wow! Yeah, I mean, just because he don't he don't care. Mm-hmm. He just, he lives in that world where nothing matters. Nothing matters because there I, is infinite worlds. <laughs> Rick, I feel, is a lot like um, like a Larry David kind of character. Yeah. How a, a Rick exists within us all. Like yeah. we wish we could be that brazen, that unapologetic, but and just that insane. He's the perfect human because he's, right. he's unlocked. He yes, doesn't have to yes. worry because he knows there is no consequences. Yes. So I love that. He is unlocked. <laughs> he can do anything because he knows he can fix it by just leaving. He doesn't have to worry. So uh Tales of Iron comes out and um huge success it's going to be a huge success i can feel it in deep in my in my fiber of my being in my soul in my in my grundle i can feel it it's going to happen and you and the team are off celebrating and you're drinking quite heavily what word best describes jack when he's been drinking too much so when when we showed our first trailer e3 obviously that was like a really big thing for us mm-hmm. and like some of our mates joined us on discord my mate like mike and darcy they like uber eats us jaegers and everything oh wow yeah so like <laughs> we got kind of wasted when that was on i was like trying <laughs> to respond to people on twitter whilst i was uh wasted so i'd probably go with just a mess mm. <laughs> just a mess i i <laughs> like it <laughs> it's, it's just it's just not a pleasant sight really. it's just a sweaty mess yeah sweaty mess. <laughs> oh no it's sweaty even better <laughs> uh, or just sweaty um, <laughs> would you rather have the power to lie perfectly or you would always have to tell the truth so when I play any video games where I can choose, I always play as the good guy. So I'm mm. going to go with, I'm always going to tell the truth. Wow. I'm going to go with that one. I That's mean, a... 
I don't think it's a good thing, but yeah, let's go with it. What's it like playing Among Us with you? Is it just painfully obvious that you're? <laughs> yeah, you always get killed first because they think they're lions. Always the dead guy. <laughs> um, let's see here. Would you rather sleep in a doghouse? It's been very used by a number of different dogs, or. <laughs> Let a hundred stray dogs sleep in your bed. Sleep in the, is it one night in the dog bed? One, it's one night for each, yeah. I sleep in the dog's house. Let's mm. do the dog's oh, house. Wow. All right, yeah. okay. I feel like I'd never be able to sleep in my bed again. Right. right. You, you just have to move at that point. Yeah, a hundred I mean, dogs. I'm a dog person through and through. I have yeah. a dog. I love dogs my entire life, but a hundred of them? Yeah. I like dogs, but... yeah. What are the chances <laughs> of a hundred dogs all being asleep at the same time? You know I, know. <laughs> I know. And they've all met for the first time also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's just going to be a party. You know? You're never sleeping. Like I was at my sister's house last night and um, she has two dogs and they're siblings, but it's like they're bitter mortal enemies. <laughs> so, and they know each other since birth. <laughs> I, like, I mean like the teeth the, are showing when they it's like they're out for blood <laughs> that's the thing like as well if you've got a hundred dogs they just need to see one pigeon out the window and that's it they're all going to be going mental out the window right or you could say all right here's a hundred dogs let's see who who's alive but by the time nighttime gets here and then <laughs> yeah. all the survivors can go into bed with that's me a, that's a good point i won't be the same human i'll <laughs> see a hundred dog massacre afterwards <laughs> all right let's uh we got final two questions here uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? So I'm veggie. Mm. I'm gonna go with yes. I like yes. I okay. like the sweetness. Mm-hmm. I could understand if you're so the audio designer on the game, Francesco is Italian. Mm-hmm. So we've had this conversation, mm-hmm. and he will in no way accept that pineapple should be on pizza. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're an authentic Italian, I understand. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's just I feel like you have to be staunchly against that if you have a even a drop of Italian blood. Exactly. In yeah. your body. But I like it. I think. <laughs> and finally, I want you to think about someone close to you, be it a spouse, partner, or someone on your team, best friend, um, or sibling. They get a phone call. In the dead of night from the police station <laughs> that you've just been arrested. What crime have you committed, Jack? <laughs> um, thinking I was invisible, being able to <laughs> the game. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. What crime have I committed? Drunk, uh, drunken mess comes to mind as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was going to say, maybe it's yeah. that night you get those Jaegers yeah. <laughs> sent, sent over to you. Drunk uh, and disorderly. Or, right. or if there's a football match on, it can get a little bit larry and rowdy, so maybe mm-hmm. drunk and disorderly there. Yeah, maybe. taking a piss yeah. in, in the public Public's square. Yeah. In the fountain. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> I see it. I see it. <laughs> well, Jack, you have been lovely. You are officially one of my favorite humans out there. 
thank you. I want to thank you for coming on this week and talking about yourself and Tales of Iron and all, all the fun details. So tell us right now, give us the whole PR, marketing, social media spiel. Where can we find out more about this game? Tales so, of Iron. Tales of Iron comes out on 17th September on all platforms. So Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, Steam. And we are constantly on Twitter. So at Oddblog Studio. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing people play it. All right. And that's going to do it for this week. Listeners, once again, thank you jack this was a lot of fun and i cannot wait for this game to come out it looks crazy and it's it's my kind of game thanks it's been (laughs) great talking to you i'm glad you like it i'm looking forward to listening back (laughs) (laughs) all right so i'll do it for this week listeners thank you so much jack and as always please be excellent to each other and to jack by buying his game when it comes out (laughs) (laughs) September 17th. Bye!